This is a Think Live Be production. Well, no one ever spelled my last name right or said it right. I was going to say, Sultan's there's no way day. they spelled it right. No. Well, me either. I was scared yeah. to say it the first time. I was like, oh. Pa- Patrick. Okay. It's Fatika, but everyone says Fatika. Fatika? Fatisha. I would never say Fatika. And, and that's fir- me. My first name. And my first name is Edward. Edward. My middle name is Patrick. Patrick. So it was in. Is there a every, reason why you went by your middle name? My dad's name is Edward. So that's why people typically. My friend read her name is Sarah, but she goes by Lauren, mm. which is which is her middle name because her mom's name is Sarah. Yeah, otherwise yeah. it so gets confusing. Yeah. yeah. So every class f- for first grade, second grade, right on up through, every single class on the first day of school. I had to correct every single teacher every single time, first name and last name. Well, and you actually... It stuck with me all this time. I still remember how embarrassing... (laughs) Edward Fatifa. Yeah. (laughs) Fatisha. Patrick Um, (laughs) Fatika. Oh, yeah. Kayla's back. Hi, guys. (laughs) Kayla's back in the studio from her very long vacation. It was a very needed vacay. It was lavish let me tell you yeah do you, you had do a I look a little tanner i actually was expecting you to have like that little burnt look on your not face this year it, baby i not... put sunscreen on every 20 minutes <laughs> well, that's and good. i took i bought the expensive sunscreen for my face this time not just like what i'd usually wear mm-hmm. and i kept just lathering it on that's just good lather. yeah that is good that's good for you but yeah so it was much needed yes you you needed a vacation and I'm glad I, I you got did. to take a nice one. To now the you're keys. next. <laughs> you're next. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, it's been a little while. We we have one booked for November. Hopefully we can go then. No, you will go there and get hopefully out of that. Oh, as long as this pandemic is not, you know, spiked back up or whatever, we will get out of town for a bit. But- yeah, but just to be clear, just to be like out of Orlando, and even if there bunch of places are closed, just to be in a different house to be able to think and not have to worry about work all day. Is, yeah, it's like impossible to do that from your your house. Yeah, like yeah. even though I can, you know, I could close my computer, but I know it's there, and you're still thinking about it. And yeah. whereas I was on a boat, so I yeah, you're got forced. Disconnected. Yeah, you don't have a, you don't, Yeah, you can't. That's why, honestly, I love going in the pool because mm-hmm. I can't take anything in there with me, and it forces me to turn off for a little while and and not look at this constant reminder. Yeah. Um. And actually, was last year on vacation from today. From last, today, a year ago today, a year ago Happy today. Anniversary to the thought, <laughs> to the <laughs> to the thought of the seeking the best podcast. Well, right. we'd kind of had the idea about it, thought it would be fun to do because Kayla and I were always talking real estate when we should have been working. <laughs> um, and we, we were thought, always figuring out how we can do things better. I know, I know, but we didn't have a, a good name for it. And Pat and I went on vacation to. Um, kind of the mountains in South Carolina. The middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. No, we no had internet. no internet service, it. which I didn't know. I mean, it said we would, you know, but then we didn't, which again, like I was really thankful for that because that was the first time I had really been able to sort of check out and have a legitimate excuse. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not able to respond between this hour and this hour because I don't have internet. Yep. 
and uh, or cell phone service. That's how far out in the yeah. middle of nowhere. No we cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was there that we had the the idea for the name. And quite a few other ideas well, came out of that. It, was, it wasn't even just the name. It was like, well, what is it going to be about? And what are we going to talk about? And kind of how is this all going to work? And uh, and I think we bought the domain name for the website yeah. that then, day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yeah. It's. I mean, I think vacations are important. It lets you clear your mind. And I have a like couple a, smart plans drawn out that you need to review. Kayla, get right, <laughs> get right oh, up sorry. on that microphone. But see, in what you're talking about, like, that's still work, but it's big picture thinking. Like, that's what I love about a vacation is because you can you can go do fun things like go out boating and fishing and all that stuff. But then when you come back, you're so relaxed that your mind is open to like, oh, you know what? I just had an idea. We should totally do this. And you can sit down and write it out without the constraints of like, oh, I've got to call this person back or this person back. No interruptions, just pure focus. Yeah. Creativity. It's so amazing. Love vacations. When are we going on one? <laughs> November. Oh, that's right. November. Well, we're happy to have you back. I'm happy yeah. to be back. <laughs> yeah. So we we had come up with the idea in what was a year ago today. So what's the date today is 20, June June twenty something. Third. And we're on episode twenty four, I think. Yeah. So Six. somewhere in there. So we don't know. Which means that obviously we didn't immediately get back and start doing the podcast. We had to be patient enough to to wait until it was the right time and really figure out what we wanted to do and and to how we were going to do it and collecting the gear and what what's the best way to do it and all of those things. So we had to be patient enough to get started. Yeah. Like- I mean, you had some things you had to figure out, too. Yeah, yeah, totally. The podcast side yeah, of things yeah, and getting the, us on air. The, the technical side, yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, we I I think patience is really important in all things that we do. I don't think I'd still be in business if I uh didn't have patience. Didn't have patience. <laughs> I don't think I I would still have a job if you didn't have patience. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's not wrong this is though. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Um oh, I forgot to announce what uh, what we're listening to. Where are we? What are we doing? No, uh, hey, thanks for joining us on Seeking the Best, the podcast where we try to seek out the best in ourselves as we try to overcome the personal hurdles as real estate professionals. I'm Catherine Stelges, and across from me, back from vacation, is my director of operations, Kayla. Hi. And our sound engineer, Patrick. Hello. And we were just talking about patience and how patient we have been in getting this podcast off the ground. (laughs) And here we are. A year later, and we really didn't start until January, right? Right. Right. So we took all that time to really prepare and make sure we were going to do something of value, and that and instead of just trying to gabbing on the mic or just trying to get it done and just say, "Oh, well, let's do it." Yeah, we that waited. it could be something of value, hopefully to whoever listens, but also be productive for us. That we like have this special project that we're we are trying to make ourselves better. So this is, this kind of sometimes serves as that time to chat out what we could do differently and what we would like to improve upon. And And it's a passive way of accountability too. (laughs) So it's kind of like we, we share and we talk about what we're going to do and it's just us listening. And this time around there's 
tens of people listening to us. <laughs> hey, that's yeah. my joke. I know. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, they always say like anytime you want to do something, tell other people about it and then you'll actually achieve it. Yeah. So the more people we say, hey, we're hiring right now or hey, we're doing hey, this I'm right now. Hey, I'm buying a house. Yeah. I know. She, she <laughs> I didn't say it last year at all. It started this year or like end of last year. You only bought a house because we started a podcast. <laughs> um, and you started telling people that that was your, that was your goal for the year. <laughs> but you did it. And um, but that took patience mm-hmm. and like so much patience and trying to figure out what needed to happen in order for you to do that. And so. just patience and the communication of starting that. Yeah. Well, and I guess we got a little bit ahead. That's probably your win for the week. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, oh, no, I have a different win, actually. There's a few wins. It's been a great week. Thanks, Kat. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I do like to think that I had a little part in that. <laughs> A little. Of course you did. <laughs> uh, but when did you start planning to buy a house? Um, we. St- I mean, I've always wanted to buy a house, but I put it on my 401 in, in January of this year. Yeah. Um, and just kept breaking it down into smaller pieces, knowing that yeah. oh, here's the end result way down here. And every that week was I a, just have to do this small thing. That was a three-month mark to us having an official joint account together. Mm-hmm. So three months, what you do in 90 days showed up and it showed up for us to have that ground where we can say, okay, here we are and here's where we've come from here's that trajectory and here's where we can go. So mm-hmm. what can we do right now? And this, these three things here in order to get there by then. And yeah. we got there on time. Yeah. But well, it was patient. Like we could have tried to buy something in March, but it wouldn't have been right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that shows up a lot. I think um, the, in, in business and everything you do, like if I see so many new agents who actually get out of the business or give up or fail because they don't have the patience to know that you're working towards some result that is going to take time. And what did we, we read? I, and I, I can't remember exactly the wording, but it was about patience and, um, that, that is actually just like, if you're impatient, it's because you have, um, your expectations aren't set up correctly. Yeah. Something to that effect. And I've never thought about it that way, but I'm like, that makes sense. Like you get impatient because you're expecting something to happen in a certain time frame, and That's then it doesn't. Realistic. And then you get impatient about it and frustrated. And yep. so if you just set proper expectations and thought long-term about this is a process and we need to break things down into smaller pieces and, and each step is a win that people would stick with this longer. Yeah. Because when you get frustrated, you start to just give up or start to just not be as excited for the project it, itself. Yeah. Cause like we know, well, we could tell, there's lots of places this shows up like marketing. Um, like if you start a marketing campaign, like I remember from school, so I've always applied this, but when you start any marketing campaign, you have to give it at least six months for, in order to see results. Yep. But people don't, first of all, they don't put together a budget. So then they don't have the money to do it in month two, which is why you see like one postcard at your house from a realtor one month and then you never see their face again. Yeah. Well, a lot of times it's, excuse me, the last ditch effort of a realtor who is selecting out of the business is to, I'm going to run this Hail Mary batch of postcards and then wait for the phone to ring. Actually, that just reminded me of something. I got a referral once from another agent who had just left the business and she got the the lead from a postcard campaign that she had just run. 
but she probably did it like she probably did it four like, months ago, yeah. like a couple months, maybe a couple months in a row. And then it finally did something for her, but she'd already left the business. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but we know it's at least six months. Well, you here that, that's an interesting part, right? So you said at the beginning of that, that, um, you learned this in school. Mm-hmm. So what you actually learned in school and being able to take that, what you learned and apply it to your day to day in something like this is your expectation. You had an expectation, you know what the expectation is of how long it takes. I think a lot of people, um, have unrealistic expectations or don't have expectations at all, not knowing what the reality of things are. And when stuff doesn't start to happen, that's where the problem is. And that works even with expectations with clients and, 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 and and them losing patience with how long their house has been on the market. For example, like if you don't set the expectation that your house um, for argument's sake is the size it is and the price is the average days on market is 400 days. Um, then those expectations aren't set in stone and they to- really understand what they are, then they're going to get impatient. Right. So yeah. that's kind of what you had was by yeah. going to school, by learning how market, how some of these marketing challenges work, you understood the expectation that actually you're 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 totally right. I had an expectation of what that would be. So I knew when we started a marketing campaign that we needed to give it that much time and then right. I apply that expectation to everything I do so then I plan appropriately for it. And I see like that's what I see with new agents is um one time uh, our team leader asked me to talk to a new agent and I don't know I was on the ALC at the time um which is agent leadership council for Keller Williams and you know, it was just a guy that was struggling and he just asked if I would talk to him and he was asking people, leaders within the office. And I asked the guy, like, what had he been doing to generate business? And he named off like 10 things. And I was like, okay, great. So, um, you know, how many times have you done, like, as an example, one of the things was open houses. Okay, great. So how many open houses have you done? Like two. Um, okay. What was your follow-up for those open house leads? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, And then he also mentioned door knocking. And so I said, oh, okay, so how many times have you door knocked a neighborhood, like a whole neighborhood once? And like, so he had done all of these things and not done any one of them long enough for it to actually pay off. This isn't working. I'm going to do this instead. Yeah. And, and I know that, um, you know, all real estate offices have training and they talk about lead generating and what to focus on and stuff, but all of that, it's so much information when you're a new agent that you get lost in all of that. And that's the other thing I, I see a lot with new agents is they think they're going to like get just all these tons of leads from Facebook. Look, internet lead gen can be a very powerful tool, but it takes thousands of leads to turn into a profitable business from internet lead generation. So you can't just like turn on one Facebook ad and expect it to, to send you business. It's it's that thing of, uh, you've got to have money to make money. (sighs) Internet leads is a prime example of that. In order for you to make money and get the leads you want, you've got to spend a ton of money. Well, and then, and then, so again, back to like new agents don't have the budget, don't know that it's going to take a while. They just think like, oh, cool. Everyone's talking about Facebook ads and I can just go in and upload a photo of a listing and boom, I'm going to get leads. And it's like, 
yeah, you're going to get leads, but then what happens is you're going to have to follow up with them for the next six, 12, 18 months, because that's how long internet leads take. And then some of it's going to be garbage and fake and all those things. And so it can be really discouraging to not see those results and you get impatient waiting for them to happen because you're, you you don't know that it's going to take that long or it's going to, or you don't know that the internet lead generation conversion rate is 2%. So like if you want to close one deal, how many leads you actually need to have off of that. So, but I mean, that's just stuff that you have to learn so that you can then set the right expectations and then have patience for those results. Um, That's like the biggest misconception about real estate is that you're going to get in and all of a sudden make a ton of money. And we know like even um, like a buyer's agent to actually be earning a living on a team or as an individual agent to be earning a living or it's consistent income, it's at least six months, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like you can make a couple paychecks, but you've got to build that pipeline, right? What you said, um, what you're working on today shows up in 90 days. Yep. So think about if you start as a brand new agent or a new agent on a team, it doesn't even matter. Like even if they're giving you qualified leads, you're still new. You still have to build a pipeline. It's 90 days before that, those results start to show up. And then even in 90 days, if you get that first paycheck, well, it's, you've been going 90 days without any money. So you're just like paying your bills from those first three months to really get to a consistent, I'm earning a living as a real estate professional. It's usually like a minimum of six months. Right. Everything's six months. That's if, that's if you're doing everything right. And consistently. Consistently. And not dropping the ball once you have that person who's out there looking at homes and you're just to your lead gen time. Right. Not all of a sudden shifting your focus and letting. Yeah. Not that's being steady and not being on a roller coaster where it's like this, this month I had zero sales. And then the next month you have four sales. And then the month after that you had one sale and it's like to get things, uh, steady and level so that that pipeline is always turning out more people. It takes at least that long to do it. And, and that's why we always talk about sphere because at least those people know you that yeah. it might not take as long. And that's why you, when you bring on buyer's agents to the team, we start them with the sphere because it's easier yeah. and those are their people. Well, yeah. And that's, what was I going to say? Um, like, I think that there's setting those expectations with people, whether they're individual agents or team members will, and making sure that they can financially sustain while they're in that zone is really important because so many people, especially right now, like if they had a previous job and they're like, all right, now's my chance to come, you know, go out. Yeah, I got furloughed or I got let go. And now's my chance to get full time into real estate. Well, that's true, but you know, that's not going to be an immediate paycheck. And now you've just lost your paying job. So can you, can you sustain yourself for six months to get up and running? Right. And if you can't, figure out a way to do that, then you're going to, you're going to lose your patience really quickly. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, running, if you're running around the office saying, what can I do today to get a listing? What can I do today to get a buyer? I suggest getting in a time machine, going back six months and then asking that person, what are you doing today to help future you out? Can I tell you something though? That's what I think every single day. I think every single day I wake up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do to get a listing today? (laughs) 
<laughs> because right. because that never ends. Of course. Like that's your job it every is. day to figure out because you are like you're looking for that 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 person that's going to be ready in three or six months. That's, that's not having the well, yes, looking for the person that's going to be ready in three to six months. But that, for example, that's not getting a listing today. That's well, getting an example and that's getting a listing in three to six months. No, I know. I, right? I just mean like I wake up every day and I think, how am I getting a listing? Mm hmm. And then I'm like, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then I go back to sleep. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. But that, that. Don't say that. That scares me. <laughs> she doesn't. She's up at 630 okay. every morning. Job security. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm all out track. But yeah, it's so important. Expect. I've just never thought about patience and expectations as the, like in the same sentence. But that that really struck me that. That makes that's, sense. That's the first time I'm hearing it. And that does make sense. Yeah. Why would you lose your patience other than you thought something else was going to happen and now you're mad that the other thing didn't? Didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or or time. With time. With time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, time cures all things. Like, like this pain in my does. neck. <laughs> well, you might need something for that. But, like icy hot or something. But, but it, it does. Like if if you work at something long enough, if you're doing it consistently, if you work at something long enough, yeah. it will compound on itself. So, oh, there's a really good example of that. Um, a guy, uh, Tim Heil is a big producing agent and he, I remember his story is something to the effect of like, he just sat and worked on his pipeline um, and would work on what he called nurtures. And now that's like a term we use um, where you're just looking for people that have an interest and just calling them nurtures and then you're just nurturing them over and over time and eventually your pipeline is so full that you need to start hiring people because you can't handle it all but that was that's compounding on itself yeah yeah and that's what's that you either have to um be patient and well no you have to you have to be patient and know that it's going to take time and if you do it over and over and over again it will compound on itself and at the end you could actually have bigger results than you thought were possible. It's why people who get into the business, any business, but we'll use real estate for an example, um, because they want to make a lot of money. Those people more often than not aren't going to succeed because what allows you to have that patience, knowing that you have to spend X amount of time to get good at it is a passion yep. of for that, for whatever that happens to be. Right. So an uh, example is uh, whenever I would have a show of my paintings and people would say, oh, you're such a good artist. I wish I was a good artist. And it's like, well, you don't have the passion to be an artist. If you had a passion to be an artist, guess what? You would draw every day. And if yeah. you drew every day, you'd become a good artist. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it's it, it, you have to be honest with yourself kind of not kind of, you have to be honest with yourself on why you're getting into the business to begin with. Unfortunately, I think with real estate, we've seen a lot of people don't know what the job is until after they've been in the business for a while, Yeah, which is, I would, I would be interested to know what the average lifespan of a real estate career is. Oh, I don't think it's very long at all. I feel How like can I we know figure that. that out. How can we get those numbers? Oh, I'm just somewhere online. Like, I feel like I've heard it before. I mean, we know yeah, I mean, I would imagine it's like less than a couple of years. Right, like it's two like, years is like th the point. I think for you, for example, I don't think it's 
I think it's become real estate, but I don't think it was ever real estate to begin with. I think you like marketing and you like coming up with with these types of ideas and plans and and, and implementing them and and uh, real estate is a device in order for you to be able to do that. It's a, a delivery system for mm-hmm. for those things. Um, so you have, it doesn't have to be, Oh, I just love showing houses and writing contracts. It doesn't have to be that, but you have to find your passion in it and that will help you. And then you have to set realistic goals and know what those are. And that will give you the patience to be able to do it every day and be successful. Passion brings patience. (laughs) Is that a Kayla original? Now it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, when I got it, I mean, I don't know anybody that said I want to be a realtor when I grow up <laughs> or like uh, even knew what that was or thought. And maybe I guess if your parents were in real estate, then like, like if it's a family business or something. I didn't know anything about real estate until I had met my boyfriend like in high in high school, did, had no knowledge of what a realtor did, what mm. realtors were, what the essence of real estate was at all. I wonder, is he in real estate because of his mom being in real estate? Yeah, so- 100%. So that's so that I mean that's a family, family business kind of thing. Even though they don't work together, sure. yeah. you know about um, you know about it. You when I mean, you grow up around it. Yeah, his, yeah. his like father you, was a salesy kind of guy, so okay. that's where he gets that nature from. Um, but real estate was his device because of his mom. Yeah, but yeah, when I signed up for this, <laughs> I did not sign up for this. <laughs> I did not know at all what it was, and I probably didn't for like a good year or two into it yeah and then sort of started to realize what the day in and day out looks like um and i think you're right it is it's just it's a device for the things that i do have passion around but i was thinking you know i always say like i don't like showings and and like going on showings aren't my favorite thing but i was out showing property the other day and i was like this is fun (laughs) yeah well i'm not saying you wouldn't want to do it every day. I wouldn't want to do it every day. Yeah. But um, you can have passion around showing houses. Like, yeah, you of course. I think I was more it, like you might be like you're not a super huge uh, people person. Like, you're, it's not it's not important to you to go out and meet a bunch of new people. Mm-mm. That's not the type of personality that you have. But some people do have that personality, and it's like, the, well, so the then real the, estate is a delivery system for them to meet a bunch of people. And because of that, they can be passionate about that and they can be successful because yeah. of it. There's well, a million different avenues. And I'm only self-realizing this as we're talking, but I think why I have so much passion around it now today. You like to build people. Well, that, but I, I like to educate people. Yeah. And I have learned so much for so long that I feel like I can you've, finally, like I, I feel like I know You've always, lot. any opportunity that you've ever had to teach a class, even if you've made up the class- in the office. I like making up class. Yeah. It's like that's you've always and that's probably, you know, you're talking about your boyfriend being raised in a home of realtors oh, and Catherine yeah. was raised in a home, home of, of educators. So educator. Well, my mom. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, yeah, no, that's true. I like I I like teaching other people and that's why we want to grow a team. And that has been a a fun <laughs> adventure. Fun. Fun. <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> And we're back. So we were talking about patience. 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 I was saying um, that growing a team 
is a lesson in patience it all, is. all by itself. Well, do you think maybe that's that has something to do with because you had never hadn't this is all brand new building a team. You don't you, have the same expectations. You don't have yeah, you don't have the expectations are set in a way like you don't really know like how long is this supposed to take? How long is that supposed to take? And so because of that it can You know what I think about that? (laughs) I think, okay, I think I do have expectations on that because before I ever hired anyone, I went and took a class about hiring and and how to bring on an assistant that was like, you know, first hire. So I think I had the right expectations around that. What you don't realize is that... um, Is it the retaining? Well, I think what maybe I hired and I don't think I was impatient about I've started to get impatient about it, but um, I don't think I was impatient about it. I just didn't realize how difficult it was to find the right person for things that people. People. Yeah, people are the wild card, right? Like you can follow all the right steps, but that entire interview process, if they're not being honest and upfront with things, then you'll get into a relationship with someone that you think might be awesome but they um, they don't fit for whatever reason because they were sort of misrepresenting themselves or their goals or and maybe they weren't living on the same expectation level that you were trying to explain or maybe you weren't explaining it enough. So so it takes a lot of time to but again, it compounds on itself and eventually you get to a place where you can breeze through that process and hopefully right, this next go around <laughs> will be a breeze on the operation side. Because yeah. now that we have some expectations or some understanding on, at least me, because it's my first time with the whole hiring of the admin role. Yeah. Hopefully this time around, because we'll have more patience, it'll be nicer. Well, because through, I think that's part of it too, is you can have the, um, you can have expectations that you've gotten from someone else, but it's through experience mm-hmm. and time. Again, time compounds on itself and those experiences, whether they were positive or not, Uh, You learn something from them that you then apply to your next round Um, when you're hiring or whatever you're doing, you apply all those experiences to the next thing. So then your, your expectations are different and you can have more patience through the process because you know better how to do things and how, what you're looking for and how to make it a better hire this time for whatever role that might uh, be. One example, I'll take it back to painting is the first painting that you do. You don't know how long it's going to take to do it. You lose patience with it. You're not sure if it's finished or not. You just keep working and then you finally are like, oh, that's it. I'm done. It's done. The more paintings you do, the more you understand the steps it takes to get to the, especially if, when you're working in the same style and doing the same things over and over again. And then I can say, I know this painting is going to take 60 hours for me to do. And I, this is the first step. This is the second step. This is the third right on down the line until it's done. And all of a sudden, and I've heard from many people, how do you have the patience for that? Well, the first time I did it, I didn't have the patience for it. It took figuring it out, knowing that I trust my, what the next step is going to be to be able to do that. You know, that makes sense. Does it really take you 60 hours to do a painting? Yeah. Hot damn. (laughs) It's oils. Yeah, they're, they're oil. I haven't though. painted in a long time, but they're oil paintings. So get that, to that. it. <laughs> so we were talking about hiring. And yeah. so so I wanted to um we'll get into um kind of an update of where we are with that. But I we were talking about that and I was thinking of um Parks and Rec. <laughs> um when Tom Haverford uh 
quits. He leaves the uh, parks department and then they start bringing people in to interview and stuff. So I just pulled this little clip just so we could listen to it. (laughs) Keith, I had this job for four years and I can tell you, you get out of it what you put into it. What are you hoping to get out of it? In like a month or so. What? Oh, what? What am I hoping to get out of this job? Yeah. Yeah, like one month of money would be, would be just right. Let me give you a situation. You're hosting a town hall meeting for local businesses. Oh, that's so much stuff. <laughs> you just went, kept on going. That was like one thing. I didn't even get to the situation yet. Oh, all right. Well, thanks, guys. I think we've all seen enough. Still not totally sure what, what I'm applying for. But if you ask me, I think it went pretty well. That's my, my all-time favorite hiring clip from any TV show. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's unfortunately very true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So funny. Yeah, it's amazing what people uh, say and do. And I had somebody call yesterday and just said, hey, I got my real estate license and I want a job. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't even think I told you that, Pat. No, this is the first I'm hearing of this. <laughs> On a job. So I was like, great. Um, you want to talk to my team leader? <laughs> um, yeah, it's amazing what people will say and do and how they react. Oh, and- you, you, you were like pushed him off onto <laughs> Keller Williams. <laughs> I mean, he could have a great career in real estate. Sounds like it. I just, you know, we're, well, specifically, we, we Hey, said- do you want to buy a computer? <laughs> Specifically, we set goals and expectations about and standards for what we're looking for in the roles that we're seeking right now. And so that guy wouldn't have fit because he just got his communication. He just got his real estate license. So he was not qualified for the roles. Um, But yeah, you get like. I think I was just sweaty and quiet in my interview with you. Oh, no, not at all. I don't remember it then at all. Then I don't think you were. (laughs) (laughs) I think you were like really confident. Good. I like to hear stuff like that. But Thank I kind of feel like now that I know you, I'm just going off track here, but uh, now that I know you, I feel like you probably like walked into that room and you were like, I'm Kayla Bounty. And you were like all professional and great. And then walked out and you're like, I don't know what just happened. I think I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not sure that you actually were, were fully I present. I turned into like you, a robot. Yeah, yeah. When I get nervous, I guess then. <laughs> Because that was not the person that ended up working for me. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting. You know, we were looking for three roles at the moment. So all different personality types, all different things. And yet we kind of get the same sort of thing. You kind of get excited with someone over a phone interview and then like, then they flake out when it comes time to do having the interview, the interview or the next step. And we've talked about like... Pat mentioned something like maybe it's too long between that phone interview and the next step. Um, and then, you know, they're obviously searching for a job, right? So they're applying to multiple jobs. Maybe they get a job, but I'm like, I'm sorry, but you could just call up and say, 
I can't make it to the interview because I accept another position or email or yeah. really no anything. Call, no call, no show is like unacceptable. Well, you, yeah, behavior. well, it's like you, you at that point, you dodged a bullet, right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so, communication number one. Yeah. One. I mean, that's the kind of thing where you're like, oh, thank goodness that happened because I wouldn't want that to show right. up later. You know? Yeah. Because yeah, otherwise, you what ended up what ends up happening is that you block out your time right on your schedule to have this interview. There's a no call, no show. Um, you can at least go and do some other stuff. But if those people actually came in for the interview, but they are the type of person <laughs> that is going to do a no call, no show, then you're actually wasting more time. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather, I'd rather it's have like, them flake like, out, I guess. It's like qualifying it. buyers or sellers before they, you do the, the interview. You well, know? it's kind of like the career visioning process that we're following. It does kind of have that sort of feeling of the like our steps in our listing and buyer process where we kind of we have certain things that they have to do right. in order to meet with us because those are all qualifiers right like, if they're not willing to do those things then, then they're, they're not right for the job no. yeah well, you're not that serious um you're just looking like that clip's so funny because that <laughs> one month of money <laughs> <laughs> because that's what it feels like sometimes it's like people just want a job they just want a paycheck. Yeah, they just want a paycheck. And it's like, I get that. But then, you know, there's plenty of like... But you shouldn't be able to, as an employer or as a, a... I'm sorry, as a potential employee, you shouldn't be putting it out there to such a degree that the employer can read it all over your face. Yeah. That that's what it is. Like yeah. everybody, it's a capitalist society. Everybody... Needs money. Needs money. Speaking and for, of and paycheck. For, <laughs> oh, yeah. And needs a paycheck, right? So it's like, we get that. But if that's all I'm reading from yeah. you... Yeah, there's a there's a problem we've talked about on this podcast multiple times about bettering yourself and how important that is um, for yourself, for your own self growth. Right. And so if I'm not hearing that from uh, a potential employee, that that's those aren't the reasons that there's nothing more to it than a month's worth of money. (laughs) Right. It sounds so silly, but it's like that. That's character. That is, yeah, yeah, and we've seen it happen time and time again. That that's well. If you apply the Pareto principle to this, that would mean that twenty percent would actually be like if you have. You're looking at me like I know what you're talking about. (laughs) We've talked about this before, Um, but like you know how they say in 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 real estate or in anything like 80% of the real estate business is done by 20% oh, correct, of right. the agents or yeah. you know 80% of the land in Italy is owned by 20% of the landowners that's where this that's where from. this yeah, <laughs> example um so like with the, with everything there's the, once you start narrowing down there's really going to be a small pool of like qualified talented individuals that you, that would fit the characteristics that you're looking for in all of that giant pool. So it's, it's really hard to filter through and we've got our you know process to do it. And sometimes that process helps screen people out un- yeah. unintentionally, yeah. but, um, and, the, and the process that you're talking about is, is they have to, after they fill out the application, you do a, uh, phone interview and then you make them, they have to take a personality like kind of placement test right called the kpa mm-hmm. is that correct yeah and then sort of, yeah. and then and then once they do that and and you get the results of that then you do a face-to-face interview mm-hmm. and you go over the kpa with them mm-hmm. to a certain degree and then after that interview then there's another interview 
with and then, and, then, and then depending on what it is with Kayla that Kayla is involved in some of those interviews as well and then there's a group interview right where they go out with and team with members the, with, a, yeah. with the team members and the team members say you know this person's a weirdo or this person <laughs> hey, is like super cool person. or what whatever it happens to be and then the hiring starts. And then once the hiring starts, let's just take buyer's agent. Now you're on a 30, 60, 90. Now you're going, you, we're going to give you a list of things to do for the first 30 days. And if you don't do it, you can't stay on the team. Mm-hmm. Then another for 60 days. And if you can't keep up with those, then you can't stay on the team. Mm-hmm. And then another 90 days. So from the, or I'm sorry, an, another 30 days making it 90 days. So, so if you take the, day that they fill out the application hmm. to the end of their 90th day. And when we say 90 days, it's not three months, 90 work days, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so it's actually more than three months. And then the interview process, which can take three weeks, a couple weeks, three weeks. So we're talking almost five months before you're up and running as, let's say, a buyer's agent. Well, if you're strictly commission-based, yeah. Commission-based. That's a long long time time to go without a paycheck for people. So you have to, as, and I know you do this, but those new agents, newer agents coming in with no experience, which is why I think we're in the zone of hiring people that actually have experience, um, that's, I think that's too much time for somebody who doesn't brand new to the business. I don't think they understand that five months before you get a check or it can even be like you, like you said, you might back into somebody and get like one, one check somewhere along those 90 days, but to be rolling is a long time. That's six months maybe before you start to make any money. I guess that's what we talked about in the first half was six months. Right. So there you go. There's a six months. I just did it by month. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's part of the problem. All is that the people, steps in 30, 60, 90 and you'll hit your goal at the end of that six months then. Well, in the 30, 60, 90 is, um, so we, we talked about patience and results and knowing like setting expectations. Those are outlined. Those are not a checklist of things to do. They're a checklist of outcomes, right? Like by the right. end of 30 days, you'll have th- you, these have, things. Right. You'll have to show us that you can do these things or have accomplished these things. Right. And so, it is really laid out, giving them expectations. I think the problem, well, more so than not, though, people don't look long term. They're still only looking at that first 30 days and thinking like, OK, if I can get to the end of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like you should really kind of look to the end. And this is what I try to set expectations is that end period of what is the outcome in six months and it, and what's the outcome in a year. You can be like, you can tr- shoot your trajectory from, it's going to take me eight years to get to the income level I desire. You can sh- tra- shoot that trajectory into one year, but only if you have patience and follow the steps yeah. That were outlined for you. Right. And it's why so many new agents that run off on their own jump from thing to thing, right? They're, they don't have the patience and they don't see that trajectory and the steps aren't laid out. So it's just like floundering almost from one thing to the next. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then like with the paycheck thing, I do feel like 
because, you know, as we're recording this, we do have a pandemic going on and a lot of people have lost their jobs. That That's harder to not hear that in people's voices and hear like they need money. Like now they've been out of work for a couple months. And so I'm trying not to look at that too much right now because it's, we're we're hiring in a different time than yeah. we have in the past, mm-hmm. but um, but it's hard when it's that, when that clip, like that clip, when it's like that apparent that um, a paycheck is all you need right now and you don't really care about us, then it's like, well, why am I going to bring you on? Because I have to bust my butt every day. Kayla has to butt her, bust her butt every day. Right. And and when it's a paid position, at least on a real estate team and, and not, not um, based off of commission, um, you are looking for people. Those are the those are the grounding positions of the team, right? Those are people that that hold that team up and care and carry the team through. Buyers agents come and go. Listing agents come and go. But you want that core group. You don't want somebody who's a fly by night who's going to be there for six months and then say, "Nah, I don't like it." And then yeah. move on. You want somebody who who is grounded, knows what they want, sees a career in, in that position, sees an opportunity to grow in that position, better themselves in that position, and 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 embraces that. Right. So so what you're, we're looking for is just another little Kayla. <laughs> Maybe not exactly. No, I know. But... I'm just kidding. <laughs> but she, but you're a perfect example of coming in. Like it's my seeing... my my how I perceive my future and what I want for myself in my world. Yeah. It's in alignment with the values of the business and the team. And then you provide a vision that shows clarity to me that allows me to see where I can take my future and my family too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you see, you have a vision of your future. Yeah. I think what we were talking about before, like with that clip from Parks and Rec is he's just looking for money. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when you can't, you can't hire somebody who's in it for just the money and say, well, they'll figure out one day they'll fall in love with this place. And it's mm-hmm. like that their their life view is their worldview is different than yours. So mm-hmm. different that and we've said before they can fake it, but they're going to get really tired. Yeah. And, you know yep. what I mean? And, and they can so. flex their personalities, but you could only flex for so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so. Anyway, still trucking along. Yeah. We will find them. You guys want to okay. take a quick break? Sure. Okay, let's take a break and uh, we'll be right back. The Think Live B team is an Orlando based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Live B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. So we've got time for a couple segments on the show today, the end of the show. Uh, We're going to do a little, uh, what do you know today? Okay. 
This is, what do you know? Kat and Kayla are going to compete by guessing the answer um, to my painstakingly researched questions. Whoever is the closest wins. Is there any way that I can get a study guide for some of these? No. Okay. That's not fair. <laughs> this game is close to the pin rules, not price is right rules. You can go over and still win. If you get it right on the nose, you get double points. Now, we've played this one other time. Catherine demolished Kayla. And then you guys, we had the Lost podcast from two weeks ago. We also had done it then. and I think I won that time, didn't I? Yeah. We Catherine, won't speak of that one. That's fine. Get right up on that microphone. <laughs> okay. So it's five questions. Okay. First question. Founded in 1983 by Gary Keller and Joe Williams. Keller Williams Realty grew from a single office in Austin to more than 940 offices with over 180,000 associates worldwide. Keller Williams headquarters is based in Austin, Texas. Taking the fastest route, how long would the shortest drive be without stopping from this from this studio? What? Oh my goodness. Okay. Ooh, this is uh, this is a fun one because I feel like I've researched this when I didn't want to fly <laughs> to Austin. <laughs> um, oof. Hours or miles? Oh, yeah. How many, how many hours? hours? Hours. Okay, 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 okay. All right. That in- includes toll roads. Inclu- so the fastest way. Okay, fastest way to Austin, Texas from our house in Orlando, Florida is... <sighs> 18. You're saying 18, 18 hours? 18 hours. Yep. Okay, give me one second. <laughs> Let's say 20. Ooh, Catherine, oh. you lost that one. Oh, what was it? <laughs> it's 16 hours and 14 minutes. All my military driving cross country. Yes. You know what's funny is I, because I was going to guess 18 because I was doing like up the road to Panama City. I know that's like a yep. power drive. And then I did it over and I was going to guess 18, but you guessed it. So I was like, no, I'll just go a little bit above. I did. Should have like, gone a little bit from below. From here to Buffalo is 18 hours. Mm. So I was like, okay, from here to there was three. So like from here to New Orleans, from there is another four. And then plus. <laughs> this is how our brains work. Mm-hmm. Yes. That okay. Qu- question two. Based on Michael Lewis's book, The Big Short, Inside the Doomsday Machine, uh, inside the Doomsday Machine, stars Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, and Brad Pitt. The film chronicles the complex and convoluted financial scheme that led to the global financial crisis and the real estate meltdown of 2008. What is the Rotten Tomato audience score? Wait, hold on. Audience score. Well, hold on one second. Is that movie not just called The Big Short? It's based on it's. That's what the movie's called. The book is called. Oh, ba- it's based on the book. I didn't hear the you say short. based on whatever. Okay, audience score. Hmm. You got to calculate Ryan Gosling's abs, Carell's <laughs> humor. <laughs> Two points. No, I'm just. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say a solid eighty-three. Okay, I'm gonna say. Oof. Did audiences watch this? Did they even like it? I know. Audience members. I thought it was great. I thought it was too. Um, I'm going to say 74. Kayla got that one yes. right. 88%. I'm blowing it. It was 88% for the for both, actually. Oh, okay. I thought it would be high. Like, personally, I thought I it was a great movie. And I, I thought it would have been higher, but I just i thought that you know people are dumb so well that's i that's why i th- i would have probably guessed lower 
audience score. That, that's why I did. I assumed. I like, thought Ryan Gosling was in this, or Steve Carell. I thought that you know, and it was, and I think Adam McKay directed that. Uh-huh. Who did does all of those uh, uh, Will Ferrell movies like Talladega Nights and uh-huh. and stuff. So it had kind of a fun kind of feel to it, right. like a you know, it's kind of broke the fourth wall and talking to the audience and everything, but yeah. So winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Kayla's winning. Okay. So question three, swimming pools, at least man-made watering holes for bathing and swimming go back at least as far as 2600 BC. They did not become popular until the middle of the 19th century. By 1837, Six indoor pools with diving boards were built in London, England. After the modern Olympic Games began in 1896, the popularity of swimming pools began to spread. In the 20th century, a number of leaps in science and technology took swimming pools to a new level. Among the developments, chlorination and filtration systems that deliver clean water into the pool. What is the average cost of installing an in-ground pool? Today's average cost in the or United the States, 19th century. <laughs> no, now in the United States. Okay, average cost sixteen. Oh. Sixteen. What'd you What'd you say? Sixteen thousand. Sixteen thousand. Forty thousand. What? The Only average. That much? The, yeah. Wow. The average cost of installing an in-ground pool in the United States is fifty-one thousand five hundred and four dollars. <gasps> okay, you're not gonna believe me, but I was gonna say fifty-two. Why'd you say 16? Because it didn't sound like it was realistic being 52. Yeah. Like I want a water fountain or something like a, like a fountain of some sort of $52,000. Yeah. It says, it said prior to um, the developments of the chlorine filtration system, like which, which was in the early 20th century, they would have to just dump all the water <laughs> and, re- and refill the pool I with wonder, buckets. Like That seems so dirty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, gross. Yeah. Well, you know, there's... um, Well, they didn't take baths for a really long time at some point, too. There's a lot of places in Europe, in Rome and stuff, like, where they they built those baths um, on the mountains. Mm -hmm. And so the water would run down and into the bath, and then they would put a hole in the bottom, and it would go down into a different bath. And they would just keep running and running them down that way. So filtration, you get, you get the used water. Yeah, but from they were the using. They were use, They would use it. That's for the hierarchy of like where people, you are status. No, people, people would be in the top baths. The other baths would be used for irrigation and okay. stuff like that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so Catherine's catching up. I'm catching up. What are we at? It's at two to one. Two to All one. Right. I'm still winning. Question four. <laughs> One age-old open house trope is for the realtor to bake cookies, making the house smell great. The chocolate chip cookie was invented by American chefs Ruth Graves Wakefield and Sue Brides at the Toll House Inn in Whitman's, Whitman, Massachusetts. Thank you to those ladies. Yes. What year was the chocolate chip cookie invented? Oof. Oh, when's chocolate chip cookie day? I know I celebrated that recently. <laughs> it, well, I Every, it day. Was, Every day. Every day. <laughs> uh, chocolate chip toll house, 1863. Toll house in. Darn it. Okay. Um, I'm going to say 1836. Okay. 
Kat said 1836. You said 63. 1863. I know. It's 1938. Yes. Yeah, not that old. Right. So it says here that. What did people do before 1938? They made other kinds of cookies. It says that, in fact, she stated that she deliberately invented the cookie. Um, We had been serving a thin butterscotch nut cookie with ice cream. Everybody seemed to love it, but I was trying to give them something different. So I came up with Toll House Cookie by adding chopped up bits from a Nestle semi-sweet chocolate bar. The original recipe in Toll House Tried and True Recipes is called Toll House Chocolate Crunch Cookies. Wakefield gave Nestle the recipe for her cookies and was paid with a lifetime supply of chocolate from the company. That's all she got. <laughs> she invented chocolate chip cookies. She got and she got a lifetime she, supply. I mean, look, don't Nestle. don't get me wrong, I would love a lifetime supply of chocolate, but <laughs> I probably should have also gotten some like a monetary or something. Monetary value. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so we've got Did one. Did I win that one? Yeah. yeah it's all tied up. We got one one question left. Oh, it's not tied up. I she has I only one. have one. I'm losing. Oh, I have three. Oh, you, oh, yeah, okay. turn oh, up events oh, here. Okay, well, this is just for... Uh, just for fun. Catherine's not, getting angry and angry. I am. Nope. <laughs> See it in her you, I'm you, like, get out of here. If you, if you get it right on the nose, oh, right, right, then right. you guys will tie. Oh, well, that's impossible. That's not impossible. <laughs> okay. Summer is upon us, and in Florida, that means beach weather. One of the whitest sand beaches in Florida is Siesta Key with the median home price of $1.93 million. The sand on most beaches is a mixture of white quartz, coral, and other minerals, which normally the, which normally gives sand a darker color and coarse texture. Quartz is what makes a beach white. What is the percentage of quartz in the Siesta Key sand? Oh, my goodness. 72. Um. Do we know what percentage it is in regular sand? No. Okay. But I can, t- like I said, quartz is what makes it white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm falling, I'm falling. Oh, was that a, was that a clue? No. <laughs> I'm going to go with 92%. What? Catherine got that one right, but she did not get it on the head. Oh. The The number is 99%. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't oh. even, so, okay. you're just walking so, on quartz, basically. Yeah, it says, and, and I mean, I've grew up over there so i remember that when you walk on the sand it squeaks because it's so fine mm-hmm. that's um, cool the sand is super soft and almost squeaky as you walk on it it remains cool to the touch even on the hottest summer days legend says the quartz came originally from the appalachian mountains moved by rivers that deposited the quartz along the florida florida's west coast somehow the highest concentrations of quartz ended up on siesta key making it one of the most unique beaches in the world wow Interesting. And it is one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. It's it's pretty it's amazing. It's not like cocoa or clear water. Now, no. I was pretty close. There but, should be like half points no. for... Okay, you get a half point. Guess what? You still lost. Take the loss. Take the loss. Okay, okay. Yes. And that's what do you know. That was fun. That was my favorite one. Uh, well, well, it's good. <laughs> What's next? Small win. Ooh, oh, that's my small win. That's your small win is beating me? Small win. Okay, small wins. All right, Kayla. Um, small win is that we are in the purchasing and installation phase for our house, and I had successfully removed all the baseboards from the house. 
by myself. Did you find any termite damage back behind there? Um, are holes, little holes in the wall indicators? Yes. Oh, yep. Then, yep. <laughs> <laughs> we live in Florida. It's, yep. it's only natural. Um, Pat, what's yours, Lauren? Um, well, mine's a house thing, too. We got our roofs replaced on the guest house and on our main house it's a big this win. week, which yeah. is a big win, except our house is because it was built in 1931. It doesn't have 1930. It does not have a, um, the roof doesn't have, it wasn't made with uh, plywood. So it's all planks. So, so a lot of that wood had been up there from 1930. So some of it needed to be replaced. And when they replaced it, it overhangs the eaves so it wasn't painted. So I had to go around the entire house with a ladder and paint all of the boards back blue. Um, But I finished it today and uh, it looks pretty good. And you did it really quickly and got it all done. That's one thing I'm envious of how quickly Pat Pat does passion around paint. (laughs) well i don't know if his passion is i don't like to see things not finished (laughs) yeah but like if he wants to do something he's like all right let's do it (laughs) yeah um and he does it he does not procrastinate no heidi you're a heidi i don't know what i am but i know i don't like to sit around and wait i i like to get things done and off my plate immediately yeah (laughs) well so my small win was that sunday i only opened my computer once i chilled out and took you know, time for myself, and okay. I only opened it one time. That's I was great. Really proud of myself. Yeah, good and job. you felt and you felt good at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's it, something and, that does not happen. And I turned off all my notifications again on my oh yeah on my Fitbit. I was like, yeah, you know, you don't need a notification buzzing on your arm every five seconds. You it cannot like, be good for your health. And the last time I I had a Fitbit, I did that, and it was awesome. And and for whatever reason, when I got this new one, I forgot to do it. And so I've been buzzing. Right. So now if it's an emergency. Yeah. There's, or there's, there's precautions things, in place. Yeah. But, but. But now I don't have to like have this constant state of anxiety. Yeah. At least not from that. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but so I had two small wins. Well, Kayla, good luck with working on your house this week. Yeah. Thank Can't you. Can't wait to see the finished product. Yeah. Okay. Hey, guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It helps new listeners to find us. You can also send questions or stories to us at our website, onseekingthebest.com. You can leave us a voice message, and we will play it on the show. Send us a tweet at SeekTheBestPod. And for Kat, Kayla, and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll figure this all out next week. Adios. Bye. This has been a Think Live Be production.